Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. KJ. And Alex. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then we'll follow it up with a theme discussion, this week being rebooting a series. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in 2006, we would have had to choose between The Prestige, Saw 3, Borat, Deja Vu, and today's movie, Casino Royale. So, Casino Royale is the first of the five Daniel Craig James Bond films, and here we see James Bond become 007. He's appointed in that role, and his target in this film is Le Chief, who is an investor for terrorists around the world. Le Chief loses the terrorists' money in order to get it back and continue funding the killing of innocent people, he has to play a game in Montenegro, a poker game to win back that money. The thing that stands between the sheaf, killing all these innocent people, terrorizing the world, and all the other things he wants to do, is James Bond, our Majesty's Secret Service special agent, who is the best poker player in the agency and stands between the Shifra and danger. It's time for question one. Shaken or stirred? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, KJ, what do you have? It doesn't bloody matter. Does it look like I care? Something along these lines. <laughs> Dad, what do you have? Uh, shaken. He always had his martini shaken, not stirred. And Nick, what do you have? Something to the effect, specifically in this movie, does it look like I care? All right. I'm going to give everybody the points because of, <laughs> of the ambiguity of the question, but it is, the line is, do I look like I give a damn? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which out of you... character, though, Alex. Out of character. Oh, yeah. he's, he's young. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. really gotten the whole uh, palette down. In in the original script is, do I look like a given F? But yeah, they they made a PG-13. Oh, is that true? <laughs> it is true, yeah. Which is the thing that convinced Daniel Craig to do the movie, because they were going to do this kind of revisit. It's time for question two. What is the code to get into the Miami airport? Oh, I got it. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Um, locked in. But like, what I'm going to say isn't going to sound like words, but I'm pretty sure it's the code. Locked in. Okay. okay. I really am curious where you're okay, going. Okay, KJ. Go for it. Elias. 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 <laughs> Else. <laughs> oh, oh my god okay uh, nick, nick ellipses? what do you ellipses okay and uh dad what do you have i mean ellipses, ell ell <laughs> i had the letters i just couldn't <laughs> did you even get all the letters out no 
The P didn't make it. <laughs> ellipsis. Uh, right. Yeah, it is ellipsis. Um, do I give KJ the points? I I don't want to say anything, but I don't even know if he actually got audibly all of um, the letters out. You know what? It's more interesting to give KJ the points. I'm giving okay. the points. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, but dot. I, I must say Alex Trebek would not have given you the no, points. No, Alex, no, no, yeah. no. Alex Trebek would not have given you the points. Yeah, but I would have been invited Rest back, in I peace. think. And based on that answer, based, no, no. Based on that answer, he wouldn't have even gotten it at Wheel of Fortune. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pat Sajak. I would have been done. He would have had so many quippy things to say. Yeah. I'm just picturing yeah, mm. Pat Sajak just saying, read the word. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for question three. What does Vesper wear around her neck? Locked in. Ooh, am I going to sneak some points in? Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> I know it works. Well, I'm going to lock in. I'll lock in with something vague. All right, KJ, what is your vagueness? Is it a, a Christian icon around her neck? Okay. Uh, Dad, what do you have? Uh, I thought it was something that was from her, her parents or from her father. Okay. Nick, what do you have? Yeah, I'm going to lock in with something very specific. It is an Algerian love knot that was given to her by her boyfriend who was taken hostage by those bad guys, which is why she got the money in the end. All right. Very good. And Nick is correct. It is an Algerian love knot because she's in love with an Algerian. Um, actually, Evergreen is an Al is actually an Algerian in real no. life. All right, so here we are at the final question. The score is Nick is in the lead with six, and Dad and KG are tied with three. But this final question is worth four points, making mm. it anyone's game. It's time for question four. What hand does Bon win on? In the final poker match. I'm locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, KJ, what do you have? I thought it was a straight flush. Was it clubs? Seven at the highest? It was a straight flush, but it was spades. Don't know if that matters. Okay, and Dad, what do you have? It was uh, straight flush, spades, four, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, yeah, four, five, six, seven, eight. His cards was five and seven. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it is straight flush spades four to eight. Um, I think we could give everyone the points, which would mean Nick is the winner. Wow. Well done. All right. Not yeah. shaking. Do we got the music. Oh wait, we don't want to pay them for the rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The other question was, <laughs> I'm actually curious about this. My my uh, bonus question was, how many countries do we see Bond in? Eight. Ooh, that's a great question. You said eight right eight. off the bat? I said eight, yeah. Wow, that's very uh, specific. <laughs> it is. It was actually, I, I have seven. Where's your eighth? Oh geez! I have a list at work. I actually counted. Them. Oh really? Because <laughs> I have the Czech Czech Republic in the first scene where he kills right. the guy. Uh, Prague. Who's yeah, got Prague. 
where he goes and gives the money to the uh, to the rebels, or takes the money. But, but the Bond rebels. isn't in that scene. Oh. Oh. That's that's the trick. Yeah, the second would be Madagascar, then yeah, England, right. the Bahamas, America, Montenegro, and Italy. It's a cool castle, by the way. Well, I don't know if it's classified as a castle, but mm-hmm. on Lake it's Como. Yeah. Cool. Oh, oh, oh! No, in Montenegro. No, no, Montenegro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. I have a question that don't look at the show notes because I already spoiled it, but there was a cameo in this film that was not highly announced. Do you know what the cameo was? He may be a billionaire. I don't know. Is he a billionaire? I'll look it up. I don't know. Who is? Was he one of the poker players? There was a cameo by a billionaire in this film. In the airport scene, Sir Richard Branson is getting frisked. He's getting patted down. He goes. That's who that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like a random thing. I'm like, I think that's him, and I looked oh. it up, and he did have a cameo. I looked oh, at that scene and went, I bet that guy is somebody, and never yeah. looked at it again. But it was quick. It was quick. Mm. It wasn't really pronounced. The, the great mm. thing about watching it on, uh, what did I rent it on Prime? When you put the mouse over the scene as it's playing. They give you pictures of all the people in the scene and their their names. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've done that before. I thought that was yeah. I have with other yeah. other films. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that, he jumped out at me. I was like, I know who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I guess congratulations to me. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Um, we'll be diving into our topic of the week, rebooting a series, right after this break, which will be more interesting than me congratulating myself. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? I, I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, <laughs> we died. <laughs> <laughs> all right the troll the troll saw us and killed us so i think we have to see the answer to the riddle then the answer is dark say dark i think talk to what golem, golem. say golem dark you talk to golem thorin says hurry up and we died and we died so we went northeast last time so let's go southwest you go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh, wow. I knew you. That's wait, wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's wow. perfect. Limited Lexicon coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. Tom, since this was your pick of the week, 
I wanted to get a little color here on rebooting a series. What are your thoughts or why you thought that would be a perfect uh, topic name for this chat? I like James Bond movies. I won't say I think they're the best movies in the world. They're what people call a guilty pleasure, a, a term I don't like, but I, I get why people use it. I think the five Daniel Craig movies are actually doing something really interesting collectively. And I think this movie is the foundation for that. And I think it's also just a really well-made movie. While like the like you guys, uh, like KJ and Nick, I also kind of grew up with Pierce Brosnan and with Goldeneye, who had the same director, by the way. Martin Campbell directed both Casino Royale and Goldeneye. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and I think GoldenEye is fine. I think this movie has a, a, a far more interesting and far more complex way of getting into the, the character of Bond, which uh, gestates over the course of these five movies. And in terms of rebooting the series that, you know, the, the series that's been going on since 1963. And actually, if you consider the American television movie since the, the 1950s, um, it's, it's very, uh, it's very stark in what it's doing. It's really generating a character that, well, before was charming and even winking at the camera is now someone who I, unlike you, KJ, I actually still find him incredibly charming, but he is a brutal person. He is not a cuddly uh, Roger Moore type. He is he is very violent. And this touches on older iterations of Bond. Sean Connery was like this in a certain way, but Sean Connery was, I, I don't know, like um, almost like flirting with the camera, right? And so he kind of was able to get away with it. With Craig, we have somebody who is engaging in a job that is necessary for protecting people. Uh, he is invested in crown and country, right? He believes that absolutely in defending crown and country. But in that defense, there is the death of innocent people, and there is sort of a, a losing of the self, sort of losing of, of your soul, of who you are as a person, of, of your humanity. Um, and I think this movie captures that while at the same time having plenty of lightness. I think him and Vesper, played by Eva Green, have this wonderful chemistry that I've not seen between a Bond and another Bond lady, um, Bond woman. Um, and I just, I love watching them on screen together. I think the action scenes are also really thrilling because they're much more realistic. They're much more pared down. And there's this uh, reference that I'll make to a, a review by Stephanie Zarakayak, this film reviewer I like, who is now at Time, though I think at the time she was at The Village Voice, and she uh, compared Daniel Craig to Pierce Brosnan and said that, you know, Pierce Brosnan is it's like a liquid, like they poured him into the tuxedo. Daniel Craig is very athletic. He's very built. He's been chiseled into the tuxedo. And that's also another characteristic I like about this. It was, it was this kind of athletic, muscular character and an athletic and muscular movie that matched him. And that's, that's why I brought it forward today. Even though I might say maybe Skyfall is the better movie, but I think this is a very good one. So going back to the topic, which is rebooting a series, 
I really liked how we got a, a bit of his origin story. Now, I'm not talking about before he joined the agency or whatever the heck they're called, MI6, right? We got him getting to the point of becoming a double O. So apparently you need two kills in order to be a double O. And we saw them. One was more of a flashback sequence, but short-term flashback sequence, and the actual um, killing in the office of that one gentleman. Then we also see him, and I mentioned this in our first impressions last week, he's immature. So he's good. He still hasn't found that balance between knowing he's good, the ego, and actually delivering. So there are cases where that does get in the way of his plans. And we do even see at the end where he lets his guard down and actually does fall for a woman, which is not typical Bond behavior. And in fact, I would say it scarred him so much that he becomes hardened to the Bond we know in the past, which will be the future of the Daniel Craig Bonds. Yeah, he is super violent, right? The first scene is him killing somebody in a bathroom in the most violent scene I've seen in a Bond movie. And we're not sure why he's killing them. In fact, the movie never says, was he instructed to? Was he giving orders or was he just killing? Did, did they clarify that? Bond? He's selling secrets. So the section chief in the Czech Republic is selling secrets. And the person you see Bond kill in that, that flashback scene is the person to whom he's selling secrets or the contact man. So M gave him those instructions? Yes. It was okay. on the job. It wasn't recreation. That's what I, I was a little confused. No, no. It was, it was, he was doing his job to get rid of that contact to get then in touch with this other person to get rid of that contact. So okay. it was on the job training. <laughs> this wasn't, he wasn't moonlighting or something. It he, was. Needed no. the, he needed the two kills to be a double low. So he had, like I said, he had his learner's permit to kill. <laughs> and he got the two kills and now he has a license to kill. Uh, I'm I, a big kid now. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought were, there was a couple of things I thought was interesting. First of all, as far as the reboot, um, again, I, I talk about growing up with Sean Connery. And then when we they went to Roger Moore, I pretty lost interest. And in, uh, it was too tongue-in-cheek for me. It was too, uh, you know, I don't know. It was like made-for-TV type of movie. Mm. Um, so I wasn't crazy about Roger Moore. And I like this James Bond because he is more on the, the style of Sean Connery. Of course, it's less um, it's less slick. And it's more obviously more violent. I, I think it's a good it's a good startup, and you, you learn a little bit of his coldness because they they talk about him being an orphan. So I thought all that was good. Um, it's enjoyable. The again the the special effects are you don't even see them as special effects. You really think that building sunk into the canal. And I'm climbing the the that construction site, the chase. Oh my gosh! I don't know how they did that. I put that in my notes. I was physically tired from just watching it, let alone thinking yeah. of actually doing it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, another thing, the uh, Vesperlin, that was her name. She would, there was actually a Vesperlin, and I think from Russia with Love with Ursula Andrews. That was her name. So there's that connection going back. Oh, because she is in, that, yeah. yeah, Vesper is a character in Casino. So Casino Royale was the first Ian Fleming novel. Uh -huh. Vesper is in that book. I mean, uh, it, it's a little different. Um, 
Le Chiffre works for Smirsh, I think they're called. You're telling me they weren't um, selling uh, puts or buying puts and uh, <laughs> blowing up things, uh, looking to appease terrorists? <laughs> they were, kind of, but Le Chiffre was part of a different organization. Okay. But I thought, um, I thought Vesper was a character in that book. So Ursula Anderson was Dr. No, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm not, I didn't go back and check all of this. Mm -hmm. Let me see, actually. I actually like that plot line, by the way, how they fused in how they were actually manipulating the markets mm -hmm. to yeah. benefit. And it's crazy. If you know something bad is going to happen to a company and you bet against them. <laughs> and by the way, this is just a little background knowledge. Not only did he short, he bought puts, which multiplies the amount of return you get when the company fails. Okay. I'm not going to go into the specifics of, mm -hmm. you know, you can buy it low and all that fun stuff and make up the difference, but he was multiplying. That's why when his plans were foiled, his losses were what? A hundred million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that was another thing I liked about this movie. It was obvious what the benefit of the villain was. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the other movies, it's like, you know, world domination. Turn everything gold. Yeah. <laughs> I think this goes back to what a few of us have said. This movie felt real. Even though he does kind of crazy things that the average person couldn't do, it still was set in a real reality <laughs> where some of the other things are very far-fetched. I think another reason this movie felt very real and why the Bond series needed a reboot is we're in a post-Jason Bourne world, right? Those mm -hmm. movies Modernized, changed the, acts yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, the action movie yeah. genre completely. And I think there's a lot of that influence in this movie. I think that's where you get a lot of the violence. I think the fighting, like, like we're, we're saying the choreography was way better. It was smaller. I think you had said last week, Tom, it was kind of more down to earth. And mm -hmm. again, in a very Jason Bourne way, I think. I think that changed the game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and the Jason Bourne influence is felt throughout these movies, right? Um, you see it a lot in No Time to Die, the fifth one. You see it a lot in Quantum of Solace, the second one. And I think that's correct. I think J the Jason Bourne trilogy really did change action movies in a big way. That's a really smart point. You really see that he has a very particular set of skills. Oh, wait, that's another franchise. <laughs> <laughs> But but Dad, you read a lot of the books, right? From my, I've read yeah. two of the books. I've read Casino Royale and Thunderball, and my reading of the books, my my brief contact is this character is actually Daniel Craig's version of the Bond uh, of Bond is much similar to Ian Fleming's than I would say even Sean Connery's. I don't know if you feel the same way. Well, you got to remember, I read them when I was fourteen and fifteen, <laughs> seventy three years old. <laughs> it was a while ago. But um, I think you're right. I think it was a he was much harder in the books, and and again, Sean Connery was um, what do we say smoothed out or glossed over because they, he was a, a, a you know he was good looking, and really he was Double O Seven is really a hard ass person. He's really mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, like you said he's violent and he's you know has no feelings. Plus, he's uh, the 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 James Bond of Sean Connery was more um, like multifaceted. He knew all these languages. He always seemed to know what had to be done. 
where uh, where um, he, he seems uh, Craig um, Daniel Craig seems more a little more raw, a little more human like. I was gonna say, so who would win in a a match of Texas Hold'em poker? Daniel Craig as James Bond or Sean Connery as James Bond? Who would win? <laughs> I think Sean Connery would have won because Sean Connery always won. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You never, never had the feeling he was going to lose. I have yeah. a pair of very sure. With, Craig, with Daniel Craig, you did have a, there was a vulnerability there. Mm-hmm. He, he uh, There was a chance he was he was going to lose or get killed. Uh, the other thing that I found different was the opening scene. It usually opens with a big chase scene. And then he shoots through the uh, the uh, aperture, you know, the lens. Yes. Aperture, yeah. And you get the blood. This opened almost like a, uh, almost looked like an Alfred Hitchcock or an Orson Welles type black and white opening, you know, that mm-hmm. low angles of the camera. And then they went into that, uh, the graphics. Which Very I, vibrant it, colors, yeah. Right, and it, it almost reminded me of an extended, like the elevator man. Remember that video game? Yes, elevator action. Yeah, reminded me of that, but it was obviously way more elaborate and, and more, much more clever. I like the uh, using the hearts and the spades as part of the ammunition. So I thought it was good. It was just it was different, and uh, I think that's what makes it good too. It, they strayed from the that classic opening in that big uh, chase scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Usually openings these days are shorter, but for some reason Bond films can still get away with these long openings. I've, I noticed that, and I was attracted to this opening, even though I usually am like, okay, let's let's get into the film. It, it was something uh, different. Yeah, you you'll see the apertures shot in the second one, which also has a long opening chase scene. the uh, The second Daniel Craig one takes place about twenty minutes later after this <laughs> one ends. Um, <laughs> And it's 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 not a very good movie. It's a fantastic performance. It may be Daniel Craig's best performance. It's the whole movie is him kind of dealing with grief. It, it's pretty dazzling. Um, but yeah, I I I I think like the, the kind of the coldness of the character and Sean Connery had that. He's just Sean Connery's like so he's so good looking and so charming that you sort of lose that. Where with with Daniel Craig. Um, you know that 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 coldness i think is more pronounced and the arc of development in the movie suggests it right he has this opportunity to get out and he ends up losing it because vesper gets killed and he becomes you know he he has that line towards the end where he said why should i need more time the job is done and the bitch is dead which is taken right from the book casino royale has the same line um if we think of something similar in terms of reboots the first reboot of James Bond was George Lazenby in On His Majesty's Secret Service. And has anybody seen On His Majesty's Secret Service? I saw that years no. ago. Yeah, he's not all that great. Uh, that that actor, what's his yeah. name? George Lazenby. Yeah I, yeah, I wasn't too thrilled with that. He, he isn't a very good actor, no. I'm sure he's a great actor, but he just mm-hmm. wasn't Bond to me. He isn't a very good actor, and he never acted before. He was a, like an Australian model. But um, do you remember how it ends? How on on Her Majesty's Secret Service ends? No, I don't. Bond gets married, and as he's driving away, <laughs> he gets married, and as he's driving away, his wife gets shot, 
Ah. And the movie ends with her dying in his arms. And somebody stops by and goes, are you okay? And he goes, it's okay. It's fine. She's just resting. We have all the time in the world. And that's how the movie ends. It ends on that note. Wow. Um, it's, it's shocking. Like you watch the movie and it just, that's it. Uh, yeah. And there's, it's such a sober ending that you you're kind of shocked by it taken out yeah and i think this movie um this movie is as a reboot it's it's a reboot of bond but i think it's touching on that first reboot which albeit george lazenby isn't a very good bond he's also not a very good actor you know what whatever um but the movie on her majesty's secret service isn't a terrible movie it's pretty interesting and that last scene is really affecting and if you watch the fifth daniel craig movie uh, no time to die. The movie starts with him with his new either girlfriend or wife. They don't they don't necessarily tell you, um, and they're walking through this this you know this um, like a, a beautiful city, and he's looking over his shoulder, and she goes, "Don't worry, we have all the time in the world." And so this reboot is kind of touching on that, and I think it's touching on this idea that Bond is inevitably a tragic character. Right, that we're not getting George, we're not getting Sean Connery anymore, who's going to charm his way out of everything. We're not getting Roger Moore, who's going to wink his way out of everything. We're not getting even Pierce Brosnan, who's like you know, like a comfy sweater, right? <laughs> you know, like, like like Pierce Brosnan is the cardigan of James Bonds. Um, but we're getting is something I, I think that recognizes that that kind of distance from everything that a person must have in order to live the kind of life James Bond lives is inherently tragic. And it's really interesting. Anyway, here's Thunderball. I'd like to once again congratulate our... No, I don't want to end it. I don't want to end it. (laughs) No, the reason I don't want to end it, and I, I don't normally throw out or make notice of the show notes, but I am cracking up at KJ's show notes. I'm sorry. What do they like, say? We, oh, cannot, no. we cannot end. KJ watched a different film. <laughs> Audience, I wasn't a big fan of this film. And the show notes may show that. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a lack of interest, perhaps, in various parts of the movie. I, I put the minutes. Yeah. Why it's going on. I, I am loving it. I, again, not to throw KJ under the bus but like the rest of us are like enthralled with the like layers and the raw and the toughness and kj's trying to figure out why they're fighting over money wait wait a minute oh, this money penny isn't in the movie I did. it no. took me a while to realize that i, I know she was oh. <laughs> i like when kj wrote uh, it's 56 minutes into the movie and i still don't know what's going on <laughs> What? It's not that now, complicated now a plot. You the, the, now you can end the episode if you'd like, but I just had to get that They're on still air. playing poker? Okay. <laughs> now you can do your interesting quip to end the uh, episode. Well, just like Bond winning the poker game, I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week. Nick, <laughs> you swept it. Was that a second sweep? It was. That was it a, was. Woo. I didn't even have to bluff that one, you know? Wow. Nicholas. Nicholas. Nicely done. <laughs> you can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video, 
subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time when we discuss another one of our favorite films from the series, Escape from Planet of the Apes, the third movie in the original Planet of the Apes saga from 1971. We'll be exploring how the third film inverts the first film. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm looking forward to that. Stay tuned for our first impressions of this film. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing Escape from Planet of the Apes from 1971, the third movie in the Planet of the Apes saga. Tom, how was your watch? I watched these three movies kind of back to back to back. I've seen, because we did it for the show, the first Planet of the Apes, and I've seen the remake with with James Franco and Caesar. Um, and I actually even see the, the Tim Burton film too with, with Marky Mark. Um, <laughs> you having to go to the Lincoln Memorial to save the world. But th this is kind of my first visit into the actual larger lore of the Planet of the Apes. And boy, were they, the, the, the three movies are sort of, the last two movies are, they're, they're somewhat qualitatively worse than the first one. The first one had some <laughs> redeeming qualities to it, but um, the, the, these last two, the, the third one is not as bad as the second. The second one is really awful. Um, but the the third one, it's, it's a little rough. Um, I did not continue on to part four and five. I just quickly read the Wikipedia summary and assumed that that was good enough. I don't have to see John Houston reduced to an orangutan in order to <laughs> in order to do this podcast. I That's think the I, fifth movie uh, audience. Yes. If you're, if you're. <laughs> uh, what is the fifth movie called? Battle for Planet of uh, the Apes. Battle, for Planet and it of the Apes. it competes with the second one for being the worst. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so. Yeah, it was that. I, I will say, so something positive to say about it. Um, I really like Kim Hunter in all of these movies. Uh, part of the problem with the second movie is she's just not in it a lot. And I think she's actually quite charming in, in the first one. And I think she's very charming in this, um, despite the questionable outfit, cho outfit choices she was forced to make. <laughs> Pat, what did you think? Uh, so I have never seen... I had never seen any of them before. The only, my only knowledge of them is the Simpsons episode. Um, the, <laughs> which I think is one of the greatest Simpsons episodes ever. Um, so I did know, unfortunately, how it ended because, oh my God, I was wrong. <laughs> it was Earth all along. Uh, so I did know how it ended. Um, but I watched it actually with my wife who did not know how it ended um so she she was actually mildly surprised when she got to the end of it um 
and then we watched the second one, um, which I agree with Tom. That one's pretty qualitatively rough. Uh, and then we watched the third one. So we basically watched them all pretty much back to back over like two or three days. Um, so we got we got a very solid dose of Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah, I'll agree with Tom. It's definitely better than the second one. Um, but I think there's my favorite moment is when they have the breakfast at Tiffany's moments where they're like going around the city getting like, yes. you know, anyway, that was that was my experience with it. So um Margaret, what was your what was your experience with it? So, um, yeah, I grew up watching the original Planet of the Apes. Saw it several times as a kid. Was very excited when the Tim Burton film came out. Saw it on opening day. <laughs> like, um, that was wow. that was a cool part um, of my childhood. But the later ones, um, so the sequels to Planet of the Apes, the original series didn't see very much so it really was like watching it for the first time um the escape from planet of the apes i i knew they were going to end up at the circus like i could remember things like that i knew that like the child was going to be important for the next films but it's almost like i don't know a kid who grows up in a semi-religious family but doesn't read the bible like you know what happened <laughs> but you couldn't like actually place it all together so i had the, that kind of mindset not to say that planet of the apes was the bible in my house but it it was something that came up. I um, found it to be a lot of fun. Um, it actually made me sad that I never taught Planet of the Apes in my English classes because I almost did. I thought about it a lot. And when I was watching it, I just kept thinking like, this is this is such a teachable movie. I wish I wish I had made my students watch this. KJ, how was your watch? I was super excited to do this movie, audience. This is my favorite movie in the Planet of the Apes series, the first five movies. Um, and watching it again, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, to prepare for this episode, I watched the cartoon show that had two seasons, Return to Planet of the Apes. And that was pretty terrible. I don't recommend um, watching that. I read the book. Have you guys read the book at all? So, that, well, we'll get into it in the episode, but there's a lot more similarities in the third movie with the book than the first movie. And next week, we're going to talk a lot about inverting the original. Um, but while watching it this time, I put it on the big screen in the living room because I was pretty excited. Um, my wife fell asleep, I'm pretty sure. Um, but my daughter kind of walked into the room when they were, um, uh, well, let's say they get captured into a cage and they're they're doing some testing. And I think she fell in love with the movie, too, because she watched the whole thing and was laughing. So um, so there you go. 16-year-olds, maybe Escape from Planet of the Apes is a thumbs up from them. So um, also, audience, if you want to go back and listen to our Planet of the Apes episodes, some of our questions might be inverts of those questions. It could help you get ready for oh, next week's no, trivia. No, yeah. I did not do that. I did mm -hmm. not do that either. Get hype. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wow, Talking Studios. Less than a minute. So I just want to say, Miss Lehman, thanks so much for coming on. It was really cool to have yes. uh, oh, be able to reach all the way back to the, the yeah. Sean Connery and the books. I was going to make the joke, oh, books were in black and white back then, weren't they? There was no color type. I appreciate you having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. No, can't wait to have you on again. And great. I got to tell you, I actually saw the real... Austin Martin from Goldfinger. Oh, oh really? Watch show. And it is oh, the, the bullet rings on the back plate. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, cool. So, yeah, it was, uh, I love that car. I love it. I do. I liked it too. <laughs> <laughs>